let me just read from verse one so we have a sort of broader context, okay? It says, in the third month, after the children of Israel had gone out of the land of Egypt, on the same day they came to the wilderness of Sinai, for they had departed from Rephidim and had come to the wilderness of Sinai and camped in the wilderness. So Israel camped there before the mountain. And Moses went up to God and the Lord called to him from the mountain saying, thus you shall say to the house of Jacob and tell the children of Israel, you have seen what I did to the Egyptians and how I bore you on eagles' wings and brought you to myself. Now, therefore, if you will indeed obey my voice and keep my covenant, then you shall be a special treasure to me above all people, for all the earth is mine. And you shall be to me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. These are the words which you shall speak to the children of Israel. Amen. Just a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for the privilege to um, be gathered with your people and to, to be part of the service and to just share what is on my heart. Father, we pray your blessings and your grace. We thank you, Father, that your spirit will aid us at this time. And Lord, we ask that you will speak to our hearts and, and strengthen us and empower us in the name of Jesus we pray amen all right well um i don't have uh, a very sort of snazzy how can i put it title so um i will just entitle it kingdom of priests okay and to make it a little bit more personal medway you are a kingdom of priests now when we read the scripture there was a particular point where the Lord begins to uh, tell the Israelites through Moses that um, he had caused them to be rescued or brought out of bondage or delivered from Egypt. And he makes this statement. He says, did you see what I did to the Egyptians? and how I bore you up on wings of eagles. And we see that the Lord often works in patterns. And the Lord had something very unique to do with and through Israel as a nation. And they were in, in captivity. They were in Egypt. Um, they were in bondage. They were slaves to the Egyptians. And the Lord begins to deal with them and deal in particular with Moses. And he then uh, goes and obeys the Lord, obeys the commission and says to Pharaoh, let my people go. And it's very interesting because God then takes these group of slaves and brings them out and begins to unfold the plan he has for them. In fact, 
the Lord actually spoke to um, Abraham and said, listen, your descendants are going to be in captivity for 400 years. And, uh, but they will come out, you know. And so we see here, now the Lord is unfolding the next phase of his uh, um, prophetic destiny for Israel. And he brings them out. And let me say this, anytime you find the Lord is going to deal with us, he will bring us out. Anytime he's going to deal with us, um, let me be clear, deal with us where he wants to unfold um, more, more details in terms of his call and the commission and the purpose and why it is we are alive, okay? He will bring us out into another place. And certainly for us, he brought us out of darkness into his marvelous light so that he can unfold to us his eternal purpose for us. And so we see here that he brings them out and begins to speak to them. He did the same with Abraham. He brought him out of his father's house and began to unfold what he had for him. He did the same with Moses, brought him out of the palace in, 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 uh, in Egypt so that he can, after 40 years, he began to unfold what he had for him. And so I want to encourage us all, we have come out of darkness into his marvelous light. And he has unfolded his uh, manifold wisdom and uh, he, has he's, uh, he has unfolded his will for our lives. But the Lord deals with us in stages. And so you would find that the Lord now is moving with us. And I kind of sense that the Lord is moving midway to another season. In fact, it seems as if you probably are there. And in this season, God is going to begin to unfold his mind to you with regard to this phase of uh, your ministry and of your lives, okay? And so when he brings them out, he begins to say this. He says, he says, now therefore, if you will indeed obey my voice and keep my covenant, then you shall be a special treasure to me above all people on the earth okay above all people for all the earth rather is mine and you shall be to me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation these are the words which you shall speak to the children of Israel and anytime the Lord has something great for us because we, we are fallen in nature he recognizes our frailty and so he will always say to us obey me fulfill my covenant walk with me okay uh, walk in my purpose for you and he says to israel if you will obey my voice and keep my covenant then i will do these things and at first he says um he says you'll be a special treasure to me okay above all people incredibly unique and that's what he did for israel he took israel and he made them a treasure unto him. And then uh, he set them above all people because he was going to unfold his kingdom through them. And he says, I'm going to make you a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. And this is where I want to sort of camp out this, um, this, this morning. First and foremost, 
He said, I'll make you uh, a kingdom of priests. So literally what it means is that in, in, the, in the kingdom that God was setting up in his kingdom, these human beings, these Israelites, right, um, clearly are subjects of the kingdom. And each of these citizens are kings and are priests. What an amazing honor. And God has called us because we are also part of his kingdom, all right? And he has called us as kings and as priests. And as a king, a king is somebody who exercises rulership over a particular dominion, okay? And in that dominion, he would ensure that things are in control, especially for us who are in God's kingdom, the control that we need to have are God's principles, that things are done God's way. You see, God doesn't come to sort of press us down and ensure that we are uh, in, in, in some sort of unhealthy, unholy bondage, far from it. He wants to move in our lives for us to be subject to him so that he can bring about his purposes and his blessings for us. And so he wants us to inwardly begin to rule over the, our lives. And so, for example, you find that your spirit is regenerated, but your soul and your body is not. And so the Lord wants us through his word, through his spirit, by his power, to begin to take dominion over areas of our heart, areas of our lives, areas of our internal parts that is not subject to God's will and God's purposes. And as a king, you exercise rulership by fighting, by warring and taking those territories. And there are areas in our, in our lives and our hearts where the enemy will seek to inhabit and work through. But the Lord wants us as kings with the keys of the kingdom, with the, the, his spirit to do battle against these powers of darkness. So we war against our carnal man. We war against demonic powers that want to work through the carnal man to subdue self so that we can see God's rulership flow through. But it's not just inwardly. God wants us as kings to also uh, rule um, outwardly. So in other words, he wants us to uh, rule with his purposes, his authority, his grace, his principles to rule the situations we find ourselves in, circumstances that we may experience, to rule that. But you see, those often those things which are, you know, uh, in the individual by nature in terms of battles that we face, oppressive spirits that wants to take control of things, etc. God wants us to rule that. He has given us everything that pertains unto life and godliness. But here's the thing. It is not just ruling over those things. God wants us to extend his kingdom by winning souls, okay? By, by working on family members who do not know him and bring um, the, the gospel to them and not just uh, ruling in that sphere but also in towns and cities and nations and you see as we do this 
and we take those kingdoms, just like the Israelites, they went into the promised land and they took the kingdoms and then they took the spoils, you know, for themselves and the kingdom was being expanded. And that's how God wants it. He wants us to see his kingdom expanded by his spirit so that we are taking territories for him. And people who are in those territories, they also come into his kingdom. And, and you see, the scripture talks about how um, our Lord Jesus, he did battle against uh, the powers of darkness and he disarmed the principalities and powers and he made an open show of them. The kingdoms of this world now belong to our God and our King. And so that's the aspect of the kingdom of God. But here's the other thing. The next thing is priests. We've been called to become priests. We are a kingdom of priests. So not, it's not only every citizen in God's uh, kingdom are kings, but every citizen is a priest. Now, a priest occupies a very unique uh, position. In fact, a priest is like a mediator between God and man, okay? A priest has the privilege, okay, of, of being entitled to draw near to God, to have intimacy and fellowship with him. And the entitlement as a priest is to come before our God and also offer prayer and praise. There's some of the specific functions involves bringing an offering to the Lord and bringing, bringing our sacrifice and our worship to him. And I'd like to just read some uh, scriptures here for us, okay? Um, some of the priestly function in Joel chapter 2 verse 17, it says, let the priests who minister to the Lord. That's what we do. We minister to the Lord, okay? It says, uh, let the priests who minister to the Lord weep between the porch and the altar. Let them say, spare your people, O Lord, and do not give your heritage to reproach, that the nations should rule over them. Why should they say among the people, where is their God? And so as priests, we have this incredible, uh, unique privilege of being in that position where we represent uh, God to the people and we represent the people to God. The mediator position is very key because it's all about reconciliation. And God has entrusted us as priests to work in the earth realm, to be occupy that mediator position so that we can draw men to the Father by his spirit, okay? And we can, as we bring them before him, their lives can be transformed as we minister to the Lord. And so as priests, we have a unique service uh, to our God, okay? Also, the thing about priests is that they have to present themselves. And you know, in Romans chapter uh, 12, um, it talks about how Romans 12 verse 1, it says how we should be a living sacrifice. So we present ourselves to the Lord. 
And we not only bring sacrifices to the Lord in terms of sacrifice and worship, but we also bring ourselves to the Lord. We submit ourselves to him. We give ourselves wholeheartedly to him so that he can um, not only just bless us, but he can use us for his purposes. Okay. The third thing the, the Lord says to the Israelites is that I will make you a holy nation. I will make you a holy nation. A holy nation is when one is uh, being separated from all others. So in comparison to all the nations of the earth, the Lord picks Israel and separates them from all the other nations to do something unique with them. And you see, holiness speaks of separation unto God. And exclusively, we belong to him. Exclusively, we are um, uh, part of his own. And that's why the scripture says, I bore you on eagle's wings so that I could bring you to myself, okay, to make you a, 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 a special treasure in the earth above all people. And so we have this unique privilege to have this kind of relationship with the Lord as a holy nation. Holiness also speaks of being devoted to God in worship and in serving him and in, uh, in fulfilling his purposes in the earth. And so we see here that the Lord then speaks of these three things to Israel. And here's what is really on my heart. And the bit that I really want to focus on is this. I really feel that as part of what the Lord is doing with Medway, he wants us in Medway to develop the uh, even further the priestly role. There are, there, there are territories that the Lord wants Medway to take and to receive. And yes, the office of the king's ruling is very important and that functions, okay? But it seems as if the Lord wants us to uh, major on the area of being priests, where the role of the mediator, where you and I will come before God's throne and begin to petition him for our immediate community, petition him for family and friends, petition him for the souls that are in the area. You see, the primary role of the priest is to assist people to access God so that they can be in union with him. And also, you see, it, this, is, this is done through being a mediator, as I mentioned earlier, a mediator between God and man. And um, let me just read uh, another scripture to you. It says in Hebrews chapter 8, verse 3, for every high priest is appointed to offer both gifts and sacrifices. Therefore, it is necessary that this one also have something to offer. And we see our Lord Jesus, who is the high priest. He's the king of all kings. And he offered up himself. And he became the mediator 
for us so that we can be redeemed. Also, in 1 Timothy 2 verse 5, it says, For there is one God, one mediator between God and man, the man Christ Jesus. And he is our model. He is the one that we pattern our lives after. And as priests, he would like us to uh, uh, continue in our modeling of him so that what we do is the privilege of going into, uh, his, uh, into his presence, going into the most holy place, we can begin to bring people to him, the unsaved to him. We can begin to petition him. It's almost like we now have to um, expand the intercession that we are doing. Intercession is what Aaron and his sons used to do amongst all the other duties. And they would, um, they would take the blood and they'll sprinkle it on the mercy seat. Oh, if we could come before God's presence and fall at his feet, you know, and cry at the throne of grace for mercy and grace and cry out to him for a dying world that are around us, people who are unsaved, who do not know him, who need to know him. Otherwise, there will be eternal separation. The Lord wants us to operate in this priestly fashion and manner. It's interesting when you look at the very, um, uh, uh, at the beginning of the Bible, we see that Cain and Abel are offering sacrifices. They're offering gifts to the Lord. And we see that that priestly function there is interesting. And then also as you, you, you look at Israel when they were in Egypt and they were about to come out and they were doing the Passover, they had to, they were instructed to take um, the, the, the lamb and to prepare it in a certain way. And they, should, they were to uh, take the blood and sprinkle it on the, on the uh, doorposts and on the lintel so that when the spirit of death passed over, it would certainly not affect them and it will pass over. And so we see again that even before the Levitical priesthood was set up, we see that they're actually operating in that priestly fashion. Also, is it not that Caiaphas at the time that Jesus was uh, being crucified, Caiaphas was the high priest. Now, you know, the, um, I heard this is really interesting. Um, it's about how you see that the crucifixion was an execution, okay? It was an execution that the Romans used, okay, to bring punishment on people. But it seemed as if Pipus actually gave the nod that he wanted this done. Remember when uh, Pontius Pilate said, look, you know, I don't see anything wrong with this, with this man. But they had condemned him. And Pipus didn't realize that in, in uh, uh, affirming and giving a nod that he wanted Jesus um, executed, Jesus was not being executed. Jesus was being offered up, okay? Jesus was being offered up for the whole of mankind so that everybody can access the, the, our Heavenly Father. And so we now 
we're in an incredibly unique position. What an incredible call. What an in a privileged position where you and I, we can change the eternal destination of people by honoring God and obeying him, by committing our lives in operating in the holy place, coming to the mercy seat, crying out for mercy. God has got an incredible large heart and that's why he gave his son for us. And if Medway can now begin to walk in its, in its grace and call in this season and the souls that will come into this house and the territories that Medway will be able to take, not just in the UK, but overseas. As, as Medway now continues to fall at the feet of Jesus on the throne and cry out for mercy for souls. Oh, how if we could rise up in the call of intercession. It's interesting you see how God the scripture says he's looking to and fro in the earth, looking for a mediator, looking for somebody who will stand in the gap. And I firmly believe that the grace is mightily upon uh, um, your church, Medway. There's a mighty grace upon you. And you do have intercessors, certainly in your midst. There are, there are many who are called into intercession. But as a church, there is that grace on intercession that rests upon you. And truly, that grace of intercession is upon the house of CLF. And we need to now rise up and tap into this grace. Because when we cry out to God and say, Father, your son, your son died for mankind. Sins have been atoned. We no longer have to sprinkle blood on the mercy seat. We don't have to do that. But what we can do is remind the Father that the blood sprinkled on the mercy seat is eternal. And there are, the lost out there need to be saved. The lost out there need to be reconciled to God. We need to take the territories. We need to see the kingdom of God expanded. Yes, we're entering into the promised land. And in the promised land, there is much territory, Medway, that you need to take. Yes, there are territories of finance, territories of buildings, territories of ministries, okay? There are territories uh, whereby of influence, etc. you have. But all of this is for this one sole reason, for the salvation of souls. And if we would rise up and tap into this anointing, this intercessory anointing that is upon the priests in this house, we will see many saved. We will see many redeemed. And as they're redeemed and as they're developed, and they will be sent out into more territories because the priests, not only will they stand in a gap and bring about union between God and man, but then also by the grace of God, the spirit of God, they will then begin to teach man. This is how you live for God. This is how you stay in God. This is how you honor him. This is how you serve him. This is how you discover his purpose for your life. This is how you walk in God's principles and his laws 
and we begin to instruct them. What am I talking about? I'm talking about discipleship. And as we disciple the next generation, oh, and we stir them up, oh, we are hoping they will do greater things than what we have done. Listen, there are many souls that need to be saved. In this uh, coronavirus environment, in this season, many people are questioning things who wouldn't have questioned it before. It's almost like um, the, the time is ripe. In fact, the harvest is plenteous, okay? But the laborers are few. And the time is such that we can just begin to share with people, especially if we've done our work in the secret place. Oh, I tell you, beloved, God is going to use Medway Church very powerfully. He's going to use you so uniquely. You know, when it comes to being a royal priesthood, okay, it's not just concentrated in, uh, in Exodus 19, but we also see in 1 Peter chapter 2 and verse 9 in the New Testament, it talks about a kingdom of priests. Let me read it for you. It says, but you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people, that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. We are a chosen generation a royal priesthood, a kingdom of priests, a holy nation. It echoes exactly what the Lord said to Israel through Moses in Exodus chapter 19 and verse 6. But then also when we go further down to Revelations 1, okay, verse 5 and 6, it says this, and from Jesus Christ, the faithful witness, the firstborn from the dead, and the ruler over the kings of the earth, to him who loved us and marked and, and washed us from our sins in his own blood and has made us kings and priests to his God and Father, to him be glory, dominion forever and ever. And this is why when we stand before him in the age to come, we will take our crowns and we throw it at his feet because every citizen in his kingdom is a king. That's why he's called the king of all kings. He's the Lord of all lords. And he's the one who we serve and who we love. And there is a call to come higher in him, to operate in that. That is why we are being encouraged to run with the theme of having kingdom impact. And we have kingdom impact from the context of what we've been called to. We've been called to rulership. We've been called to be salt and light. We've been called to be priest. We've been called to uh, uh, as a holy nation. And in this, we will be able to serve God's purposes. Jesus is our model. He's the one who we emulate. He's the one who we pattern our lives after. And I want to encourage us this afternoon. There are territories God wants to give this church. Medway, you are on the brink of something special. And the Lord wants us now to begin to fall at his feet 
And as we fall at his feet and we cry out unto him, revival will certainly come. But what the Lord will do, he will unveil things. And not only will he unveil things, but he will bring more clarity. Mecca and Nicholas, he'll bring more clarity to you and how you lead the church and how you bring the church into his purposes. He will give you insights and how things should move and the territories that you should be ambitious in going for. You will be amazed the things the Lord will be saying to you. I remember once, and it's interesting, I was in missions in Ghana. And one thing I love about missions is that I have the opportunity to pray and pray and pray a lot, you know. And uh, because it's a, it's a time where you have, apart from ministry, you have a lot of control, you know, over your life. And I just love that hotel room or guest house room. And I would just find a spot and I would just try and press in so that I can connect with my God and with my King. And I remember one time, and I remember it was 2016, and I was, as I was praying, and I was, I was just praying, just spending time with him, I heard a country. I heard it, and I, and I said, okay, what does this mean? And I didn't have to try and figure it out, you know, too much and overthink it. The Lord was saying, Phil, consider this country. And then, it was really interesting because a few months prior to that, we were, uh, I went to India. And while I was there, I remember on the last Sunday, um, I thought, okay, let me go. I said to um, uh, our, our late pastor, Sammy Solomon, I said, look, you know, don't worry, don't bother taking me. I just want to walk back. You know, I just want to take my time and just, you know, uh, just sort of take take it all in, so to speak, you know, where we were in Ananaga. And as I was just walking, um, um, I, I was deciding, what do I do? Do I go shopping? You know, because clothes are a lot cheaper there, you know? You know what I'm saying? You know, I saw some Levi jeans, really good. I did buy one, you know? But I thought, should I go and buy some more? Should I, you know? And then I said, nah, I just feel I want to go and spend time with the Lord, you know? I said, nah. So I went into the guest house and I began to put on the AC because it was so hot, scorching hot. Put on the AC and I was just, just praying, just spending time with the Lord and I dozed. And I saw a revival that took place in Chennai. But this revival was so interesting. It's like, what? Well, okay, what I saw was there was, it was raining in Chennai. And it wasn't interesting, it wasn't India. It was raining in Chennai, but it was raining diamonds. It was raining diamonds. And when the vision finished, I knew exactly what the Lord wants to, what he's about to do in Chennai. There's a mighty revival that is going to take place at interesting a peculiar unique revival that is going to take place in chennai and we thank god that we have a, a church there because by god's grace clf will tap into that revival and then a few months later that's when i we were in ghana for the apostolic summit and i heard this particular nation you know and uh, no way i'm not going to tell you <laughs> I told Pastor Joe, you know, <laughs> I, this particular nation, wow. And I heard it and I said, okay, so, you know, we're planning to do you know, a bit of research. But guess what? In 2017, when I went to Gambia, again, I was praying and listen, in, in Gambia, we were right by the beach. 
beautiful beach, you know, and I'll be honest with you, I wasn't interested in the beach as awesome as it was. I wanted to be in the room. I wanted to tap into God. I wanted to find God. And as I was just praying and praying and praying and praying, I heard another nation come in and I said, wow, okay, well, we better deal with this. All right, interesting. Now, guess what? I was in a prayer meeting um, a few Saturdays ago and in that prayer meeting, a prophetic word came about different nations that the Lord wants CLF to enter into and to do his work. CLF is opening up nations. Oh, I want to encourage you midway. God wants to take you an, on an adventure. You are a unique church. You are a strong church. You know, there is more strength in this church that perhaps you might realize. And it's a time for expansion. It's a time to move out now. It's a time to go on an adventure with the Lord. There are nations embedded inside of you that the Lord wants you to take. And as priests, as you come before him, as you come to the mercy seat and you cry for these nations, or you cry for that town, or you cry for that city, or you cry for that borough, God is going to hear it because he is looking for the priest to minister, to minister in his presence because he's looking for intercessors. God is looking for intercessors. The chief duty of a priest is to reconcile man to God by making atonement for sin. And as we bring the Lord Jesus and the finished work of Christ and what he had done before the Father, say, Father, your son has done it. Please, Lord, you see that estate over there. Lord, let there be a revival. Reach the souls there. And they say, Lord, you see that street. There are people there. There are five families there. There are people who are lost. Reach them. And as we weep between the altar and the porch and we cry to him, God will hear our prayers. Because the scripture says, God hears prayer. Let all men come unto him. Oh, beloved, I want to encourage us. And some I hope that I've been able to, to just share a few things that can stir us. Because I really sense it in my heart that the Lord wants to do something unique. The next phase of the work the Lord wants you to do. He's going to be unveiling it. He's going to be bringing it to you. So let's gather in corporate prayer and cry out to him. Let's gather as individuals and wait in his presence and delight his heart that he has found an intercessor. He has found a church who are priests operating in his kingdom. Amen. Amen. Well, I'd like to uh, just pray uh, for you all. And um, I certainly hope uh, that the few things that I've shared um, has some way helped or stirred one's heart. Okay. So why don't we pray? Just feel free where you are at. I know I can't see you all, but you can just raise your hand. And as you're raising your hands and I'm praying, I want you just to respond to the Lord as you sense, you know, in your heart. As you've been stirred, just respond to the Lord. Because there are, there are intercessors here. The Lord wants you to go deeper. And there are those who don't recognize their intercessors, but you are an intercessor. Begin to rise up. 
And there are those who are feeling the pull to pray more. Pray more because you are fulfilling the office of the priest. You see, we do battle on our knees and we take territories. We do battle. There was a story I believe I shared on the, uh, on the uh, one of the prayer, I think it was one of the prayer nights that we had. And the story was this, there was a man, he was a, he was a man of God, okay, believer, and he was praying for his friend to be saved. And for years he was praying and praying and praying. He prayed for him for 60 years and his friend never got saved. And then this man of God died. But throughout all of those years, he prayed for him regularly and regularly and regularly. And what happened was, at his funeral, this man gave his heart to the Lord. As he heard the eulogy, as he heard the tributes, the Spirit of God spoke to him. All those years of prayer culminated in that one time and he gave his heart to the Lord. Let's not give up praying. Let's not give up standing in a gap. Let's not give up in that ministry of reconciliation. Let's rise up in this call of prayer. It is a season to seek him more. God wants to do great things in us and through us. So just raise your hands and I'm just going to pray for you. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this time. And we thank you, Father, for the, uh, the office of the king, the priest that you have made us. We thank you, O oh God. And Lord, we are praying that you will help us to, to uh, function effectively as priests. Help us, O oh God, in the ministry of reconciliation as a mediator, just like your son, help us to come to your throne of grace, to fall at the mercy seat, crying out for souls. For Father, there are territories in your heart for Midway. There are, there are areas, there are people that you want to bring in. There is a ministry expansion you want to give to Midway. There are signs and wonders that you want manifested through Medway. Father, there's a revival you want to bring to this amazing church. Father, you want this church to have an impact in the area that it's in. And Father, they will not be afraid that the area seems difficult because the Spirit of God will come upon them mightily. The power of the Almighty shall overshadow them and that thing which you have said to them shall come to pass lord we are praying for intercessory grace prayer anointing lord let the spirit of grace and supplication increase upon this church and use them in the prayer closet use them in the upper room visit them spirit of god i pray this in the name of jesus and grace them for the adventure and for the territories that are ahead in the name of Jesus. I pray blessings and favor on this church. In Jesus' name, amen. amen.